Hello, dear listeners. It's your MC Landon here with my usual pre-show messages. First, today's episode is brought to you by our latest $5 patron, Melissa A. Geary. Melissa is the author of Born in Shadows, a vampire high fantasy novel set in a world on the brink of civil war. The crown rules over five vampire houses with strict archaic laws while the rogues want to tear the crown down brick by brick. Alongside this ongoing chaos, a kingdom of humans is just trying to survive as a shortage of crops and a harsh winter lay around the bend. Unbeknownst to them, there are far greater dangers living just beyond their borders. You can pick up a copy of Born in Shadows in paperback or Kindle on Amazon. Additionally, I do have my usual pre-show content warnings for today's episode. Things are still getting a little bloody, and you'll get to hear some safety tools in play today specifically dealing around eyeballs and mother death. So should any of those things be triggers for you, please proceed with caution. We open in a gorgeous lakefront property in Harbor Heights, large windows overlooking Lake Superior, framing the moon in Point Claire. Within the room, a ball is taking place, the participants dressed in their finest clothes. The camera moves like a dancer through the crowd, highlighting some faces. It lingers on Dinah in a long red dress, dancing with a handsome, well-groomed, and black-furred werewolf in a gray suit. It pans around to another werewolf, smaller in stature, with silver blonde fur and a silk eggplant dress, deep in conversation with midnight roses. We hear the clinking of glasses and our camera focuses on an inaudible Rosalie standing on the stage giving a toast, her champagne glass raised high in the air. In the shadows behind her, we catch a glimpse of a woman in a velvet navy blue dress with long sleeves, a black cape and hood over her shoulders and hiding her hair, with an ornate beaded gold mask hiding the upper part of her face. As the camera focuses on her, it drops to a lily in her hand, whose petals suddenly turn blood red and is stepped on by a paw before showing Ileana outside the warehouse, leaping to the roof. What are y'all doing? We're having a party of our own. A very different kind of party. Murder party. So Victor was heading up front to help with the mob of hunters up there. Yes. Alex is already up front and... Silk and Jeremiah were skulking around the back. So let's see how the skulking is going. Shall we try the door? Do any of these doors have windows in them we could quickly peek into? Yeah, a few of them do have windows. It's the type of glass that has like 
the black crisscrosses in it, if that makes sense. Tempered glass. You're mostly finding like with the ones with windows, it's offices and that sort of thing. There is one that says foreman and it looks like it is set up to be like a legit office um, and is actually being used. Jeremiah is going to consult his lucky coin, so he is going to let it out. What does your lucky coin do? I can ask it a question, flip it, and it works best with yes or no questions. Go ahead and roll to let it out then. All right. And also, I guess, what's the question you're asking? Is cast a wit below ground? That's a five. You pull the coin out and you flip it thinking the question to yourself but you miss on catching the coin and it clatters loudly on the ground and rolls away aren't you supposed to catch the coin uh jeremiah will quickly survey the surrounding area gun ready you definitely hear footsteps heading your way jeremiah's gonna pull a non-magical coin out of his pocket and i'm going to try and mislead distract or trick to buy us enough time to slide into a nearby office. Okay, how are you doing that? Basically doing what happens in every stealth game and throwing it in a different direction while we head in the opposite direction. I think this is more of a escape a situation. That's another five. So you throw the coin in a different direction and you're actually able to slip into an office and the door shuts there's a bit of a noise but not too much of a noise and as um you like turn to see what is in this office that you slipped into you are um surprised to see a um couple of dogs in kennels who start barking when they see you. And there's no obvious way out of this. Uh, the way you came in is the way you can get out, basically. I think Silk will do something here now. I would like them to quiet down a little bit. And no one said that my glamours have to be visual. I would like to, to send out the scent of like delicious meaty things and uh, get them to to like us a little bit more. I'll allow it. How are you casting your fairy magic? You know what? I'm going to take a harm here because I haven't done that yet. So let's say that like while I'm doing this, my, my nose starts bleeding because I'm not quite used to playing with scent as I am with visuals. As the dogs calm down, we pan back to the front of the warehouse where Victor is flanking the group that is attacking Alex. If I might ask, uh, roughly how big is this group at this point? Because I know there were five initially, a couple of them died, and then a couple more came in, so... Yeah, there's probably, like, I want to say four-ish people, and you've killed, like, between you and Ileana, like, three. Okay, that's not too, too bad, then. No, she was just like, you were dealing with one and the other five were on top of her so well we have at this point at least for the moment uh reversed that and i'm hoping iliana is at least taking some time to regroup and recuperate and alex is just going to try and push them towards victor uh he is going to make big sweeping strikes with a sword he is 
going to be like very aggressive in uh, coming at them. And this is an attempt to just frighten them towards the werewolf, right? Uh, so I don't know if you want to count that as an attack or as like a... I'm going to say you're probably mislead, distracting, or tricking because they don't know that the uh, werewolf is coming up behind them. And you're kind of like taking advantage of that to scare them backwards. That's uh, a five. Alex, you're able to get them pushed back. And it makes kind of more of a blockage in this hallway to get further into the warehouse more than anything. And as you're doing this, you hear from much deeper in the warehouse a shrill, blood-curling female scream. Oh, that's no good. You have no doubt that that was Cass that just screamed. Yeah. Oh, dang. You know, I can't really change course at this point. Uh, I gotta keep. I gotta keep going. But Victor, you are getting some hunters um, shepherded back towards you. Victor moves in quickly with large swipes from his black smoking claws, quick grabs and bites, and is fighting them as a small group. Roll to unleash as a small group. That is a 12. Are you going to inflict terrible harm or take something from them? I am not going to inflict terrible harm. I am going to take something from them because I am going to take this hallway from them. I'm going to push them out of the way so that um, Alex can get deeper into the warehouse, should he desire. Alex, you get this nice view as you hear this scream of your savior, Victor, just murdering everyone that you're, like, getting into the hallway. It looks like he's just trying to push them out of the way. It's going a bit more violent than that, whether or not he is aware of that fact. And there's just dead bodies piling up to the side. This is unfortunately very familiar to me, so yeah, I'm fine with that. But if there is an opening, I'm definitely going to take it at this point. Yeah, you definitely have an opening. There will probably be more hunters coming at some point, you both can assume. Like, there's still definitely more hunters in this warehouse. But Victor has successfully killed and claimed this spot as y'all's. And yeah, yeah, I'm basically bolting straight for wherever I heard that scream from. As we get that shot of Alex bolting past Victor. Uh, Victor, what are you doing? Because you definitely heard that. I mean, everyone heard the scream, but. Is my mom anywhere to be seen? No. Okay. Victor's going to howl in triumph to try and draw people towards him. I feel like as weird as this might be, this is a mislead, distract, or trick someone. Yeah, that, that totally tracks. Okay. That is a five. Oh, Victor. I mean, you, you draw attention to yourself. Victor gets exactly what he wants. Victor gets exactly what he wants. And the you also have drawn Jew out way. Who has fed on enough humans at this point that he's looking pretty okay. Actually, he's looking pretty damn snazzy. And he drops on you from like above in the rafters and gets like a good rip across your um, throat with his like his fingernails are basically claws right now. And like it feels like acid digging into your throat I have a feeling because that's too harm. I have a feeling your armor is going to ignore it. It does. But you still feel it. Mm -hmm. Jew's on my back. That's not good for me. Oh, yeah. And there's like a bunch of other hunters like rushing in right now. Team hiding in an office with some puppies. Uh, we heard the uh, blood curdling scream, right? 
Yes, it definitely came from lower. Well, that sounds promising. Shall we head down yeah, there? I think we just found Cass. All right, let's go. All right. And Silk's going to stop petting the puppies that are trying to lick him. So you all want to head further down into the warehouse. There are definitely still some hunters out and about in the halls, though quite a few of them have left to head towards the howl. Um, but what's your approach here? I'm probably leaning towards just shooting them. So I would like to roll expert marksman. When you unleash with a firearm, well, roll with mind instead of blood. Ooh, very nice. So Jeremiah, you like kind of peek through the shades of the window and there is um, two hunters out in the hallway. So you step out and you shoot one of them with your uh, newly found weapon. Before we do this, I wish to skill. Silk, I got one on the left, you grab one on the right. It'll make for a scream. <laughs> well, sounds like a plan. All right, I will roll expert marksman. That is a partial success. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one. Uh, I will choose to inflict terrible harm. All right. How much harm does that bring you up to? Handgun is two, so I assume three. Seven to nine. Uh, they inflict harm on me as well. So you step out and the hunter just has slightly faster reactions than you and gets a shot off in your direction, but it's not well aimed compared to your shot that goes um, right through their throat. But you do get grazed on the shoulder with the bullet they got out. Um, so take two harm from that. Silk. So um, after the shot goes off, Silk is actually just going to walk into the hallway and I'm going to use a wild fury here. So the, the way I'm picturing this is there is a window where moonlight is shining in and like a thin little beam. Silk is just going to move his hand up the, uh, the beam as if it is solid, close his fist, grab it and pull it down. So you summon an element of nature capable of striking your enemies, and I'm going to have a moonlight whip. But uh, I'm actually not going to use uh, use it on them. Instead, I'm going to stare at this um, last remaining hunter, and I'm going to threaten them to see if I can make them run away or you know pee themselves, whatever. How are you threatening them? So uh, this will either be a let it out or a persuade, uh, depending on how you want to do this. I do want to take more of my fey demeanor. So my eyes turn into mirrors. Um, my wings appear um, from behind me. When I talk, I have too many teeth. And I'm just going to look at them and go, I don't think you want to be here right now. I suggest that you make your way somewhere else. Yeah, this feels more like a let it out. That is an eight. So on a hit, choose one and mark corruption. Sweet, sweet corruption. Let's see. And I am frightening, intimidating, or impressing my opposition. This chick sees Jeremiah step out and make like a very solid shot with very little time of lining it up. And then sees Silk step out, pull a weapon out of thin air, make that transformation, and then say that. And she just turns and bolts. Like, if you're going to let her go, she's taking the opportunity to get out of there with her life. She knows she's in over her head. 
She's like legitimately heading for the back door of the warehouse and like getting away from this scenario bolting. Lovely. So uh, when I turn back around to uh, look back at Jeremiah, I am perfectly normal looking again and I'm straightening my tie. Well, um, shall we head down then? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Jeremiah will retrieve his coin before we start heading down. And my bag is still full of cats. One second. I'm making a note of this used to be Hunter, just in case I need her at some point. Silk, take a debt on this person. You have a debt on um, Sheila Ray. Sheila Ray for letting her live. I love it. Yeah, you you let her live and reconsider her life choices. (laughs) I like that. All right. And we get the shot of the two of you heading down into the basement. And we're back up front. Um, so, Victor, you have a vampire on your back. Alex, did you just keep running? So that's actually a question I was going to ask. Uh, because Jew is probably the one thing that Alex would turn back around for. Uh, so do I see that? I don't think you see it. But I have established that Jew has like a very particular scent. So you might like smell that become more concentrated because it's since definitely been around this place but it's feasible that you would have noticed but if you also want to have not noticed that is okay as well no i I think that's something that i'd be kind of on alert for uh because i'm i know that he's working with these uh these hunters and i am definitely expecting him to show up and i at this point know that he's here so i'm gonna have to trust that silk and jeremiah can get the job done while I help hold off this, you know, crazy strong vampire. Because as much as I like Victor and don't want him dead, I also want to kill this guy. So I think at that point, Alex just kind of stops in the hallway and closes his eyes and then turns back around. What's what's actually going on in there? There is easily like 15 hunters swarming in towards Victor. And you can see Jew on his back. Um, You can see where he tried to scratch Victor's throat open, but Victor's, like, hide was too thick for his claws to make it through. But you see, like, those lines of acid across his throat. Um, And you can see that, like, Jew's about to go in for a bite. So as he is going in for that bite, I think uh, we're going to play into this, you know, Alex is an undead monster kind of thing. And he's going to tense his legs back and spring straight at him. And I'm going to try and basically sword him through the through the mouth as he's got it open hopefully that's doable i'm just taking a flying leap at this guy's sword first basically yeah go go with an unleash oh my god really that's a that's a four okay so here's what happens alex you're going to lunge through the air and at the same time this is when iliana was coming back down from the skylight oh good And your sword goes right through her shoulder, and you both go toppling to the ground. Oh, I used to be good at this. What happened? And she snaps at you. Like, just instinctively. That's fine. Victor, what are you doing? Victor reaches up over his shoulder, grabs you, and just wants to throw him to the ground and beat him into a pulp. Please unleash an attack. That's a six. Okay, can I help? Yes. Um, tell me how you're helping. So I still have the Glock, right? Yes. And as I see uh, Victor going for this, 
I'm just gonna take a shot across across you to try and throw him off balance and maybe distract him a little bit from the werewolf. All right, roll to lend a hand. Sure, why not? That's another four. So we got two different things that go on here. Victor, you do get a hold of Jew, and you feel a bullet embed itself in your shoulder. It is a silver bullet. Would you like to use your scarf? <sighs> Gosh. Yeah. All right, so you don't take any harm. On screen, we see that bullet like embed itself in your shoulder. And then, like, the scarf comes unknitted and, like, all the yarn frays and glows a nice gold. It feels warm to you. Has, like, the smell that Astrid has. It's, like, cinnamon rolls and baking bread and everything that's wonderful in a home. And it's kind of, like, this brief moment of peace as the bullet um, gets, like, knocked back out of your shoulder by this power. But that also pulled you back and allowed you to scramble off behind the medium-sized group of hunters that is descending upon the three of you. Jew's not on my back? No! He's, he's running deeper into the warehouse and you have a shit ton of hunters between you and him. I'm just going to go onto all fours and barrel into the group of hunters. Okay, are you trying to do damage or are you trying to break through? I am trying to hurt them. All right. Roll to unleash an attack. That is a 10. And you fight like a small group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you only lose one harm since this is a medium sized group. And I'm going to inflict terrible harm. So you'll do two harm. Uh, I do a base of three harm. Okay. So you do three harm. Alex, you get the show there of getting to see... Victor dive into this group just clawing and biting. Um, and he's making progress for sure. There's still quite a few. And Ileana is like staggering, staggering to get up. Her shoulder is bleeding down, but she's still like raring for the fight, especially with her son in the middle of that group. I think Alex gets up and uh, just retrieves his sword from the werewolf's shoulder and looks over at her. And just kind of like apologetically shrugs and then chases after after Jew. So you're going after Jew. Yeah, absolutely. There is a group of hunters between you and there. I need you to escape a situation. Hey, it's a nine. Okay, so I'm going to choose two off of this list. I think I'm going to owe someone a debt for my escape. I think that's actually going to be Ileana because I feel very bad that I'm just, you know, leaving her behind. And I think she's getting in there with uh, with Victor, so that probably helps distract them. And I am definitely giving into my base nature and marking corruption because I am being very, very vengeful right now. All right. And this seems like a lovely time to go back to team basement. So you all make it down to the basement. It is hella dark down here. Uh, I do have night vision marbles stuck into my eyes, so I can see a little bit better. Oh, oh can... X, X, marbles in the eyes, what? All right. Uh, Jeremiah has a set of contact lenses that look like cat's eyes that allow him to see better in the dark. So, yeah, so you can see in the dark. Um, I'm assuming Silk? I think Silk will just make his eyes into cat eyes, too, if that's okay. I, I feel like seeing in the dark is something Faye should be able to do. And I do have my Moonlight Whip, which I probably have draped around my neck in an artfully, like, scarfy manner right now. 
So you two can see, but you are also aware of the fact that it is hella dark down here. The walls are kind of cinder block. And there's evidently like some blood staining on the floor and on the walls and various rooms that have like cell style doors on them, as well as some that are more kind of vault style doors. Vault style doors. Those definitely pique my player curiosity. I don't know if so much uh, Silk's curiosity. Jeremiah finds all of this interesting, but uh, focus on other things. You could tell from your um, examination earlier that there is one more floor lower. It either came from this floor or the one lower, but you're not sure which. How would you like to us to investigate these rooms? Just go room by room, or can I roll something for this? No, room by room is really boring. I'm not going to do that to y'all. Investigate a place of power? It still hasn't tried that yet. Or a let it out to extend your senses. Uh, do you want to let it out uh, then, uh, Matthew? All right. Let's hope this works. No! Jeremiah, how are you doing that? During Jeremiah's past, back when he was still in Toronto, him and his family have like had plenty of practice in um, assaulting uh, urban locations and finding hidden things in it. Uh, so he's going to think back to his time training with his uncle, uh, who taught him a couple different methods to determine where the source of a sound came from. So he's going to think back on those times and just try and... Uh, work it out in his head, just depending on, like, you know, pitch, direction, all that good stuff. So this definitely takes you a while. This isn't, like, a quick process. And you're able to complete it successfully because there's another scream and you're able to clearly identify this one as being further beneath you. Oh, great. Okay. I mean, that's effective. Yeah, just wait for her to get tortured again. All right, I guess we're heading down another level. That sounds good to me. This level, the uh, staircase just leads out into a very open room with a dirt floor. And you can see at the other end of the room farther down from you, there is someone holding a flashlight and shining it right in the face of Castawit, who is tied to a chair, nose profusely bleeding, and her eyes have rolled back. Hey, Alex, how's your uh, let's go kill Jew thing going? You know, that's a great question. I know he was running into the warehouse, and I am definitely chasing him. Uh, so the question is, can I get close enough to maybe engage? Of course you can. Okay, because I the way the way I'm I'm visualizing this, you know what? You know what? I'm just gonna roll the thing. Uh, I am definitely unleashing an attack. Agreed. Yes, I am. The one guy that I can attack. So the way that I the way that I'm visualizing this is I'm just gonna come up behind him very low and slash out. I'm gonna try and hamstring him. Uh, what I would like to cha- uh, take from him is his mobility. I don't know what exactly hamstringing someone means. I'm assuming you like slash that muscle out. Yeah, you basically just cut it, and once it is cut, there is it basically removes the mechanical ability of you to basically move from below the the knee. And you're using your sword, right? Oh, absolutely. Base damage on that is three. You get like a solid slash against Jew, and you hear a bit of a pained scream come out as like he crumples and goes sliding up against a wall just due to the sheer momentum he had. 
and he uh like reaches into his pocket to like pull out a gun but you still have the advantage so i think uh as he's reaching into his jacket pocket we're going to go a little bit slower at this point so that he can see what's happening is he vulnerable at this point yes so what i would like to try is just walk uh you know walk up as he is retrieving the gun from his uh jacket alex is up on him and pushes his hand up against the wall and just look at him uh, in the eyes and says, into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell. And I'm going to bite him. All right. Are you trying to feed on him? I sure am. Because my, fir- my first corruption move was adaptable palate. I can eat anything. All right. Um, please roll that move. That's a nine. All right. What would you like from your list? I would like to heal one harm and I would like to take plus one forward. I am okay with not learning anything about him, and I'm okay if he dies. I mean, dying is such a relative term for your type. It really is. Now, I will, I will point out that Adaptable Palette says that feeding on something wildly different than a human will have unexpected side effects. Uh, so you have fun with that. We get this shot of, like, Alex, you know, we got that hand and everything. And as he leans down to bite, our camera pans back away from Alex, and we see, like, a sly smile on Jew's face as Alex goes in for the bite. And we cut back to two werewolves and a medium group of hunters. Victor grabs the nearest one by the uh, leg, just fully uses them like a bat against three others, and yells, Where are they? Where are the warriors of the brigade? Where are they? I do not see them! I love it. Please unleash an attack. That is an 11. I would like to, uh, instead of inflicting terrible harm, I would like to take their pride. All right. If that's okay. That is a-okay. So um, you like, okay, like you're under dramatic gunfire, but they're, they're, they're bringing knives to a gunfight, even though they're bringing a gun to a werewolf fight. Like mm-hmm. it's not doing anything to you. And as you sweep with this um, one person that you grabbed, You easily knock out a few more, and the group's real close to disbanding, you can tell. And they all just look so, like, the faces that you can see are disheartened, but, like, resolved to see this through, even though they feel like they're going to die. But you can tell that, like, their fortitude is wavering, that they're very unsure. It wouldn't take much to get them to run, but you could also easily swoop in and murder them all too let's finish them off i'm going to uh jump on one and just tear his rib cage open roll to unleash an attack that is a five as you go to jump on that one you don't see their gun come out but iliana does and she rushes in and body checks you away taking the full brunt of a silver bullet to the chest. And you watch your mom fall. I would like to say that Mother Death is one of our veils. Thank you for the reminder. She is not dead yet. But, like, the breaths are shallow. Yeah, absolutely. Victor howls. And he's going back at that group one more time. Just, like, grabbing crate. Whatever's in this room. What's in this room? Is it crates, giant barrels that aren't make no sense? 
There are like a bunch of empty weapon crates, like the hard plasticky ones. He's picking those up, throwing them, and like rushing on all fours at them. And he's trying to finish up this fight. All right. Roll to unleash. That's a six. You don't like murder them all like you wanted to. But as this barrage of like weapon crates flying comes in with their disheartened nature, like they get a few shots back in return. But most of them are taking this opportunity to get the hell out of Dodge. They are not going to die here. And they see that, like, you're unstable enough right now that your attacks are uncoordinated enough that they can make it out. And as they start filtering out, I'm going to run over to my mom, pick her up, and run out of here. As we get that scene, we cut back to uh, the two in the basement. Can we see who this figure is? Jeremiah, you have seen Fatima Sanchez before. Therefore, you can tell by the jacket. The stature, the hairstyle. It is, in fact, Fatima Sanchez down here. Great. I'm going to pull up a telescope. Roll to let it out to curse her? Yes. Seven. All right. Mark a corruption and choose one from the list. Take definite hold of something vulnerable or exposed, which is her ability to sleep. She feels like the curse sink into her skin and turns around to face the two of you. I will collapse the telescope and put it back into my bag. Hello, Fatima. When she turns around, she has the flashlight in one hand and her gun in the other, but it's like backwards. She's holding the barrel and you could tell by the blood on the butt of the gun that like that's what she was using to hit Cass with. And she shines the light in the face and recognizes you from earlier that day, but doesn't say anything. I will draw my own gun and start advancing on her. So I take it you're Fatima, then? She glances over at you and says, yes, and I assume you were my um, appointment this afternoon? Yes, actually. Um, but it might serve, um, serve you to come with me instead of staying here for our meeting. Can I put a face to a name with Cass now? Yes. That is a 10 plus. You know about Cass. She is a spunky young private eye who does real good work. Very often works for the Supernatural Society. Finds the whole thing kind of hokey pokey, but is more than happy to take their money. And she's known in your circles for being very discreet. Um, you can trust her to keep her mouth shut. So on a 10 plus, you've dealt with them before, learn something interesting and useful about them, or they owe you a debt. Let's say they owe me a debt. Uh, what does Cass owe you a debt for? Uh, she came to me for advice on one of her cases. Silk, as you tell Fatima that it's probably better if she goes with you, she kind of like looks over her shoulder at Cass and then back towards you and then looks at Jeremiah. I'm more than happy to leave, but is your friend here going to let me walk out? Um, well, Jeremiah, do you have uh, an answer for her? I'm perfectly happy to let her walk out. Lovely. Then um, I'll agree then. Mm, not quite. She's coming with me, Silk. At least for a little bit. That's perfectly fine with me, as long as she ends up in my possession for uh, until we have our next meeting. I think I can work with that. Fatima. You are going to be cooperative 
Otherwise, you shan't walk again. Because I'm sure you're very aware of the effects of bullets on kneecaps. Roll to persuade an NPC through threats. No! Silk, help me out! Silk, do you do you want to help Jeremiah out here? I think Silk is amused by this more than anything. Me as a player, I want to help, but I don't know if Silk would. Does Jeremiah have any more debts on Silk to make this happen? I don't have any debts on you right now. Okay, I, I think Silk is just going to burst into laughter here. Fatima, like, rolls her eyes at you straight up, Jeremiah. As she I shoot her of a knee. Roll to unleash an attack with your expert marksmanship. All right, so that's a nine. Yeah, and I cannot stop that. So, um, on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one. Well, I'm going to take something from them. Their left leg, because my kneecap doesn't support their weight anymore. And then on a seven to nine, choose uh, whether they inflict harm on you or you find yourself in a bad spot. Let's go with I find myself in a bad spot. You shoot Fatima's kneecap. The sound that it makes is not quite the right sound for shooting bone, but the leg kind of crumples beneath her anyways. Um, and she falls to her right knee. And as she does that, um, you suddenly hear like Cass behind her gasp as if she's struggling to get air and her like head rolls back forward. Um, and for a moment, like her eyes flicker open and they're black and then like they open again and they're back to normal and she's struggling to breathe. She is like, you need to do something now or she is probably going to die. So does that look like anything that we might recognize? Possibly demon possession? Possibly. I think I'm going to um, walk up to Fatima now. Um, this might require I keep my cool. I would actually like to get up close enough to her and use my new move that I haven't used yet. I would like to feed on her. Here's the thing. Like, she was going to happily, like, go with you. Then Jeremiah shot her. So now she doesn't really trust either of you. I completely understand. That's why we have to do this the more difficult way. Um, so, I, yes, I would like you to keep your cool to get close enough so that she doesn't shoot you in the process. No, that is a five. Silk, you get shot in the stomach. Take two harm. And you hear Fatima like spit out. Now we're even. I reach into my bag of desperation. I want something that'll save Cass. Jeremiah, you are reaching into your bag in desperation. I want to hold on that scene for a moment. We get that camera shot of Jeremiah starting to reach into his bag. And we cut back to Alex, who is feeding on a vampire. After that first bite, is he still alive is the question. Yes. As you bite into him, he tastes like that acid that you felt when he bit your arm and your vision blurs and you find yourself having one of those visions you have sometimes when you feed on people that you really weren't expecting to have one when you were feeding on him and you like in your brain find yourself like sitting under a waterfall and you can hear his voice like right in your ear go so what exactly do you think you're protecting so at this point do I have so, so am I completely in this or do I still have 
an idea of my physical surroundings. You still have an idea of your physical surroundings. Like he is motionless in your arm, but def- arms, but definitely like as someone who can die and come back from the dead, you know that like he's dead in air quotes. I am familiar with this trick. So I think Alex looks back over his shoulder at you. It's less protecting and more preventing. If I have to have you in me for the rest of time, at least I know where you are and what you're not doing. And what did you think I was here doing? Here's the thing. Your first response when I rebuffed your offer was to threaten a mortal who didn't know what was going on. That's all I need to know about you. (laughs) It's cute that I've been here two weeks and know more about this city than you. Well, let me take a look then. And we're just going to keep on trying to eat him. All right. uh, Go for round two. Dead body. That's a 10. Actually, technically it's an 11 because I got plus one forward on them. So uh, I am going to continue on in the vein haha that i am uh, i'm gonna heal a harm i am going to take plus one forward and this time i am gonna learn a secret about them as you like double down on your feeding the scene shifts from that scene um that he was basically holding you at with the waterfall like you could tell that was his safe area of his brain so to speak and you can feel like him trying to fight you. He knows this trick. He's done it before himself. But you're able to push past that resistance. And you find a scene of um, Jew being approached by Fatima in Eldersburg. She spoke to him about the parish in Five Points. And how she had good reason to believe that they had a ongoing trick, so to speak, to continue the St. Fleur's hold on the city, even in death. And part of that involved sacrifice. She had reason to believe that Castawit was involved in this in one way or another, and wasn't as human as she first appeared to be. And she needed Jew's help to get her in. Ooh, spicy. And this time he goes full on dead, but it's still dead and like... Yeah, I'm aware that dead and dead are two different things, right? Yeah, but like he's gone completely unconscious at the very least. Interesting. And we're going to jump back to Jeremiah reaching into his bag. So you reach into your bag, rustle around a little bit in desperation, and out into your hand comes like a canister of arcane smelling salts. There is runes all around it. Uh, You can't quite tell of what origin it is. You don't have time to figure it out. Yep, let's just break them open and use them like smelling salts. As you do that, Silk... How are you and Fatima doing? I'm still going to get closer to her. Um, uh, Well, I'm going to ignore how rude you are, and I will continue to step towards you so that you might actually be able to walk out of here. If you'd prefer not to, we can do it that way as well. She, like, you can tell, is thinking about it, 
Uh, but she can tell what you are and generally because of that trust that you actually mean what you're saying. And lowers her gun and just says, well, an eye for an eye. Here, I'm going to go and um, heal her uh, wounds here. Do you go ahead and reach for her leg? Yep. Um, as you do, you find out that the reason why it sounds different is that it is a prosthetic from her thigh down. Uh, then I'm going to be very surprised by that. And, and Oh, well, that's not what I was expecting. Normally, you mortals are fleshier, but it looks like you don't require my help for this. Um, perhaps a carpenter? Sure, a carpenter. Can you at least help me out before your friend here decides he wants to shoot my other leg? That one might hurt a little more. Yeah, I'll go ahead and help her up then. Jeremiah, um, could you see to cast then? As Silk asks you that, Jeremiah, that's when you're like shoving the smelling salts under Cass's nose. And her eyes, like, her nose stops bleeding and her eyes come back to focus normal. You of us, Cass? Y yes. Do you think you can walk? Probably. Oh, Jeremiah, is that... What are you doing here? Don't worry about it. Is it a probably yes or a probably no? Can I have a shoulder to lean on? Absolutely. I will help Cass up. And the four of you leave the basement. Uh, I will text Alex as we're escaping. Got Cass heading to bookstore. Alex, you get that text message as you come back to and Jews just like totally limp. <sighs> so this is where I have to make a decision. Because I have got some information that slightly changes the scenario. But at the same time, I also know what he's capable of and who he's working with and i don't think i don't think alex is okay with that so i think i might get a head buddy here because i don't know that he's gonna stop until he knows for sure if you want to do that i'm going to have you roll to let it out okay that is fine with me so I have to remember that this has a plus one forward on it, and that makes that an eight. Uh, so I will mark some corruption here. And I think I'm taking hold of something vulnerable, that being Jew's soul. Yes. And I do think that uh, as he finishes that process, Alex stands up and just looks at his phone for a second. And uh, did, uh, did you happen to do a, uh, a, an eyes open die or, a, uh, or an eyes closed die? Eyes closed, die. He's just going to arrange the body to be a little less, you know, splayed out and hamstrung, right? At least, you know, make it look nice. I am, on the other hand, going to steal his phone, should he have one. Oh, of course he has a phone. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm taking. That's it, I think, for this warehouse. Alex is getting the hell out of here. Victor, you're outside, I presume, with your mom, who's not doing too hot. She's alive. She's just not doing hot. I was going to take her to someone who can do a bullet removal surgery, which I don't know where Silk is. You can smell him still near the warehouse. I'm probably the closest person that could like guarantee that she'll survive. But does Victor think that way? Because this comes up every once in a while. We've got a plan for this, right? I'm sure. 
yes, there is definitely someone who the Margaret family normally has on call. That does not change the fact that Silk is, in fact, the closest in. But if Victor is the type who would just go with the plan, then yeah, totally. He's going to take her to Silk. You find Silk as he's coming out from the warehouse with a person who you probably recognize as Fatima. Not sure. Uh, but with Fatima Sanchez draped over, like, her arm draped over uh, his shoulders as she's using him as a stabilization point to be able to walk. Silk. Victor? I lay my mom's down in front of you with a bleeding chest wound. Ooh, that looks rather painful. Fix it now. Mm, I unfortunately have a job to do. Perhaps we can make a bit of a trade here. I grab you by the throat. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Silk, I'll take Fatima and put her in the boot of my car. You fix up the crazy fucking werewolf before they kill both of us. Silk is going to laugh. <laughs> this is not going to get you what you want. Silk, do what he says or I will start shooting you. <laughs> I do suggest that you put me down now. I put you down. I think Fatima fell in that entire process. <laughs> and it's just like sitting on her ass on the ground, just like, God, these are the worst captors ever. <laughs> I will attempt some sort of maneuver to try and get Fatima up as well and carry or help both her and Cass over to my car. Um, I actually kind of want to stop that. What I want to do is offer Victor that I will heal his mom and also use a debt on him to have him deliver Fatima directly to the church right now. Oh, don't fucking dare. Are you going to stop the wolf? Fine. I'll take that deal. I will totally spend a debt on that. That sounds good to me. So I will text Isab Isabella that uh, there is going to be a delivery in the very near future. Jeremiah doesn't fuck with giant werewolves without a shotgun full of uh, silver dust hand-loaded Shotgun shells? That's fair. You heard my deal with Silk. I know you want to talk with her. You'll be able to do it later. Yeah, I don't think I will be able to. Well, you would have had the chance if you hadn't blown off her leg. Just get out of here. I understand it's an inconvenience. I don't fucking care. I'll spend a debt on you to get you to give her to me. So you get something out of this at least. That sounds fair. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and spend another corruption to uh, heal Mommy Wolf. All right. At least she's not dying, and then she can go meet her werewolf surgeon. I, I would actually prefer to fade into the into black for the healing. I don't want to be specifically sexy with uh, Victor's mom. That's fair. So, Victor, um, Fatima's not putting up a fight. Okay. She's just like, okay, I, I, you're going to have to carry me, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he does the... Uh, probably not the fireman carry. That seems rude and dangerous. One arm under the knee, the other around the back. And I head towards the uh, subway. Is Alex nearby? This is probably about when he would be walking out of the warehouse. Yeah, probably. He is definitely covered in blood. And definitely looks like he has had a fairly rough night himself. Uh, Jeremiah's going to offer Cass a cigarette if she smokes. Uh, yeah, she takes it. Jeremiah will pull out his lighter. Light one up for her and for him. I guess I'll just sit on the... Uh, Front of his car while Alex, Alex walks up. And by this point, obviously, a sword has been sheathed, but it's, it's a flipping sword. It's very visible, right? And what kind of state does Cass look in at this point? She looks very disheveled. There is dried blood all down her face. 
her eyes are gaunt. She has that like kind of sheer pallor of having like been sweating a lot, but she looks a bit more composed than you were expecting for having just seen like a werewolf and you covered in blood and someone carrying a moonlight whip around like yeah she's not freaking out and with what i know at this point i would like to try and figure someone out i'm gonna walk over and uh reach a hand out to help her up we should probably not hang around here for much longer yeah that'd be a good idea uh drinks anyone this feels like a fucking night to get drunk i would love a drink i think i've had enough for one night I need to go find my wife. Ileana just moves to her car. Well, actually, she stops. Alex, I assume that the debt will not be spoken of again? Of course not. And, of course, if you need anything, you have but to ask. And Ileana heads to her car and drives away, because fuck the shit she's done. Okay, so, Silk, you're gonna go get a drink. Jeremiah's gonna go get a drink. Alex said no. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i definitely uh, basically reaching out to help Cass up because I think I need to have a talk with her. So I'm going to ask if she would like to, you know, come back, let me patch her up, have a cup of tea. Um. Yeah, that would be, that would be good. And she gets into your car with you. Cool. Our uh, couple of closing shots will be Jeremiah and Silk arriving at the bar that jeremiah asked dinah to meet him at it's a bit later than you had asked but as the two of you walk in you see her in a red dress drinking a scotch at the end of the bar uh jeremiah's gonna feel self-conscious because he is very much dressed down for this occasion like for going visual suits and like just wearing some ratty jeans uh an old uh, Royal Air Force bomber jacket. Uh, he has removed his cat eyes, though. You are with someone that could fix that if you'd like. I don't fucking care, Silk. <laughs> Up to you, then. Uh, but he will... Shit, he's still got a bullet wound on his arm. He'll patch that up before he walks in. So we get that shot of... I think Jeremiah saw her through the window. And, like, he has that panic moment in Silk's car. They get in uh, his car and gets as cleaned up as he can before the two of them head in. Our camera pans to Point Claire, where the gates are open. And Isabel Lane and Anna Rosenberg are waiting there at the gate for you, Victor. Would it be okay if I had a chat with Fatima on the way? Sure. Do you know who killed Kieran Shearer? I have an idea. Want to share? Normally, no, but given that I can't run away and, well, I'm kind of fucked right now anyways. I'll owe you. Our intel suggests that it was cast away. Victor blinks. What do you mean? Just... Hmm. And then he's quiet for the rest of the trip to Point Claire. And she does not expand on the what do you mean. And so we get that closing shot of Victor arriving at Point Claire with Fatima. And then we finally get Alex and Cass in Alex's car. 
Cass has uh, the window slightly rolled down as she's still smoking the cigarette from Jeremiah. And I think every so often Alex just kind of looks over because with what he learned from eating Jew, he is now rethinking several things. She either pretends not to notice or legitimately doesn't notice you looking over. Yeah, it's it's probably relatively subtle because, I mean, to be fair, it was a stressful evening for everyone. Yeah. Be honest with me. Do you know why those people took you? We see um, the puff of smoke trail out of her mouth and she flicks the cigarette out of the window. I have an idea. Do you care to elaborate? It's... It's something that I don't fully understand myself. Try me. Go ahead and roll to figure someone out. Okay, that's a seven. All right, so you could hold two and they hold one on you. So I think the thing that I'm most trying to figure out is who's pulling your strings? Because it seems like uh, Ju thought that Cass was not exactly human. Um, and it seems like she's kind of confused. So I don't know if that's the closest I can get to that. I... I black out sometimes. Um, it since about the time I was thirteen, it's been happening, but not as much as it has been in the last year or so. And the last time I came to, I was standing in the river between Eldersburg and Northview, covered in blood. Hmm. I. I was raised in the church's orphanage. I don't know if I ever told you that. And I don't remember what happened when I was 13, but I didn't get adopted. I just got emancipated, I guess, and none of them would ever talk to me again. When we get back to the bookshop, I would like you to stay at least for hopefully not very long, but... I have some friends that might be able to get you some answers. But given the events of tonight, I don't think you would be incredibly safe going back to your apartment right now. And I think the uh, the question is, how could I get you to, uh, you know, hole up in uh, Alex's haven for a day or two? I mean, y y you asked her to. She trusts you. Sure. She's confused. She kind of knows what's going on, but kind of doesn't. And like... You've been somebody who she can has always had no reason not to trust. So, yeah, she just kind of nods. And then as she's leaning her head um, against the window, uh, looking up at the moon, she just kind of asks, what are you worried about with me? Here's the thing, Cass. I think you might understand that I'm not exactly what I look like on the surface. What I'm most worried about, if we're being honest, is that when you find out what I actually am, you're going to try to kill me. And to be fair, I wouldn't blame you. She kind of just like taps her fingers and you can just hear her softly kind of mutter that, well, the feelings there is mutual. And that's not totally in her voice. It sounds almost like the voice of your singer friend. Come check out Dice to Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where we ask the hard questions like... Is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Are seven creatures ethically sourced? What's the real estate value on a haunted castle? Dice Will Roll is a show where four friends team up every week to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition and be hopelessly gay the whole way through. 
Join Dave, KK, Ritz, and me, Derry, your mythic genderfluid GM, as we play through the Kingmaker adventure path and follow a gay human bard, a lesbian half-elf druid, and a transmask half-orc fighter on their journey to build and rule their own nation in the untamed wilderness of the Stonelands and defend it from bandits, monsters, and wicked fae in an Arturian adventure like no other. From getting four nat ones in a row and standing up to the darkest forces in the multiverse, Dice Will Roll is here to help you keep it rolling. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at St. Fleur Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. Another big shout out to Melissa for becoming a patron and bringing you today's episodes. You can check out her work at the link in the episode description, as well as find us on Patreon at a different link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Bonus points if you go ahead and review us on Podchaser as they're making donations right now for each review left and we'll make sure to reply. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast emceed and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super underscore Landon1. It is part of the Be Gay Roll Dice podcast network, which you can find on Twitter at Be Gay Roll Dice. Alex, who made only good decisions that will definitely never haunt him today, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at Tayuface. Silk? who seems to have a very loose grasp of when he should be concerned for his life, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who killed off most, but not all, of the brigade, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah, who is too old for this shit and it's kind of showing, is voiced and played by Matthew. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.